This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Thursday, 28 July, the Overlord 2022. You're in the battleground. Uh, I've got my co-host for the hour is going to be Brian Kennedy, one of the founders of the Committee on the Present Danger, Danger China, also a former head of Claremont, and uh, which has been under the supposedly be under attack recently. But the New York Times article is kind of a paid advertisement. Uh, in addition, to the head of the American Strategies Group, uh, Brian. Thank you very much uh, for joining us today. We're going to get we're going to go through a bunch of candidates. Talk to Richard Barris about polling he's doing. But here, I got a question. What is your, earlier today, you know, we had the, we had the uh, announcement of, you know, 0.9% growth in the second quarter. And all day long, it's been nothing but spin from the administration. We're not in a recession. This is just a slowing. It may, you know, maybe trending towards a recession. It may uh, fuel a recession like the negative. What is your sense of one, where the economy is? And number two, the messaging that the Biden regime is putting out about it? Well, the Biden administration seems to be engaged in a massive effort to uh, simply deceive the American people. President Trump the other day called it not misinformation, but disinformation. And I think these, uh, the way they're playing with numbers and playing with terms, and when you actually have a recession saying it's not a recession, they, uh, it's a kind of gaslighting that I think the American people are tired of. And, and any decent free person would want the straight story from his government, and he's not getting it today. I think the economy's in trouble today. And I think people are very uncertain about what's going on. And all this talk about workers and where, they're, where they are in the economy, I think should be something that Americans are very concerned about. I'm not sure we really understand everything we have done to harm the US economy from two years of dealing with the China virus. Let me ask you, I know you advise a, a lot of companies and corporations and heads of companies. What, what is your sense when you talk to people making decisions, capital investment, expansion, uh, adding people? Because they keep falling back on, oh, everybody's got a job. You got help wanted signs everywhere. I don't, I don't see it like that. I think right now you've got a real tendency of big techs laying off a lot of people, uh, consumers laying off people, retails laying off people. Uh, I think they're wrestling past the graveyard in these employment numbers. And what's your sense in talking to decision makers? Well, a lot of folks, I believe, just simply see that uh, they're going to wait and, and not do anything. They're not investing money right now. They're not hiring people right now, unless you're in the service parts of the economy, which still need people. But the bigger, more more important, more higher paying jobs I think people are stopping and they're not. I think businesses right now are going to take a hard look on whether they're going to expand because they're not getting the straight story from the Biden administration. There's a great deal of uncertainty. The Biden administration is creating more uncertainty, and that's not a great environment to try to run a business. So I, I do think that's real, a real concern. 
And those people who are working in the in the service parts of the economy, one wonders how long they're going to do that for if the government's going to pay them to stay home. You hear a lot of, I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs who they hire people, they work for a few months and they go back on unemployment. They're workers. And that that's not a sound way of running any kind of economy, but you see that throughout, throughout the country today. Wow. Let's go out to let's go out to the Hustings. Let's go to Arizona. Eli Crane. Eli just recently uh, got the President Trump. So Eli, tell us how. Uh, why did President Trump endorse you? What, what what's your feeling of why it's a very competitive race uh, all throughout the country? He doesn't really endorse that many people. Why did he Why did he endorse Eli Crane? Well, Steve, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I think the reason he uh, supported us and endorsed us was because we've shown. Uh, not just in our military service, but even in our business and now running this campaign that we are hardcore conservative, America first. And we are, you know, we, we're fighters out here. And I think that uh, the Trump administration is tired of the same old mod, mod one politician with the blue suit and the, you know, the uh, American flag, you know, uh, pendant on his uh, on his suit that says all the right talking points. But at the end of the day is part of the uniparty and America last and not America first. So we're honored to have his endorsement, Steve. Just talk to Brian Kennedy about this announcement day recession. When you go throughout your district, uh, what are folks saying about the economy out there when you're going out meeting people? Because I know yours is a grassroots organization. You're knocking on a lot of doors. You're working phone banks. What are folks telling Eli Crane their thoughts on the economy? Are, Are they debating you on the uh, esoteric nature of a recession? Is it two quarters of down or is it trending down? What, what are the hardworking folks out in Arizona saying about it? No, they know exactly what's going on. They know that we're in a recession. They know that this administration continues to lie about everything from what's really going on at the border, you know, to what's going on in our elections, what's going on in the economy. They don't trust. Um, they don't trust this administration. And that's why they want it. That's why they want change. Talk to me about the district. What, what's your what's your sense of this district? Give me tell me how it's going out there. How the economy's going out there? You know, this is an amazing district, Steve. We uh, have some of the most beautiful territory in Arizona. We've got Flagstaff, Sedona, Prescott, Yavapai County, Pine Top, Sholo. It's it's a beautiful area, and it even comes down south of Phoenix. Um, you know, the folks out here are really concerned. They're concerned about the border. They're concerned about our elections. They're tired of. Uh, Radical leftists destroying the country, but they're as equally as tired of rhinos that do nothing about it. And that's why they're willing to, uh, you know, look past the traditional looking, sounding, talking politicians. And they're looking for real warriors and real fighters. And that's why we're hoping to represent this district. And that's why we're so proud to have the Trump endorsement. And just this week, we actually got the Jim Jordan endorsement as well, Steve. So we are, we are doing really well, and uh, we're really proud of this campaign. New York Times had a big article the other day, said that uh, Arizona, these primaries are probably the most important that are going to come for the whole Trump movement and for really the future direction of the Republican Party. And what they said is that you're seeing a real class distinction, that MAGA, America first, this Trump movement, and the candidates are coming up, you know, was it Abe Hamaday for, for, for Attorney General, Kerry Lake, Mark Fincham for Secretary of State, yourself, and Congressional Race, a couple of the other folks running for Congress. Really, uh, Trump has galvanized a working class, middle class movement that wants real action 
uh, for the working class and middle class and, and no more nonsense. And you've got also in Arizona, because of the history of the state, very vested interest in real estate, banking, finance, really from the McCain, Ducey, uh, you know, establishment part of the, the party. Uh, what's your sense of that? Is the New York Times right is that do we actually have kind of a, a class thing going here between the MAGA movement, your supporters, and uh, yeah. and the vested interest in in banking and real estate in uh, in in Arizona? Absolutely, Steve. And I think that you know you could really see the difference this last week when Pence had a rally and Trump had a rally. I, I believe there were only a couple hundred people that showed up for Pence's rally. Um, and that had more of your moderate establishment Republicans show up for it. And then up in, uh, you know, the Prescott Valley area, we had President Trump show up. I think we had about 5,000 people show up to that rally. It was massive. It was huge. And to your point, Steve, you always talk about Arizona being the, at the railhead of the country. It is. We showed that with the audit. I think you're going to see that again uh, come up this next Tuesday. And, you know, the MAGA movement, the America First movement is where the momentum of the Republican Party is thanks to President Donald J. Trump. Eli, people want to know, uh, find out more about you, but they specifically want to know, because we're in the final hours, final days of this race, how they get to you, where you're going to be speaking, what you're going to be doing as far as events. So where do people go to find out more as we grind through this over this weekend and then to Tuesday next week? Yeah, thanks, Steve. Uh, you want to find out more about us, where we're going to be, all they have to do is go for go to Eli4Arizona.com. We appreciate all the support from this audience, and we love what you're doing, Steve. Thank you so much for teaching us about action, action, action. Kyle, uh, Eli, thank you so much. Uh, appreciate it. We're going to have everybody. I look forward to having you back on this weekend. I think there's going to be a big... Uh, a big seminar, and I think it's going to be out. Uh, I thought it was going to be out in Arizona on the voter integrity. We're going to, uh, Laura Logan's going to be out there. We're going to hook into a lot of people. So we'll make sure we get you over the weekend. I know you're going to be working hard. Eli Crane out in Arizona, too. Remember, Eli's a Trump endorsed candidate for the House of Representatives for Congress. Eli Crane, thank you very much. Brian Kennedy, let me go back to you for a second uh, before I go to my next guest. Uh, you've spent more time in Arizona, really, as a senior uh, Trump associate out there. Is the New York Times right? Is this thing really galvanized? I call I call Arizona the railhead of the Trump movement, even given Texas and Florida and Tennessee and all these great MAGA states we have. Arizona is the hardest core of the hardcore. And the Times has ascertained that there's a class thing going on, that you have uh, you have uh, the uh, worker based, a very diverse um, you know, inclusive nationalism, participatory populism. You got Dan Schultz out there. You got all these people out there, the precinct strategy. It's really become from, it's a bottoms up grassroots movement that supports America first and Trump. And then you've got the vested interest of the people that have put the capital to work over many, many decades uh, in, in Arizona, the banking establishment, the financial establishment, the real estate interest really personified by McCain and Ducey and, and that crowd. Do, do you buy that assessment? Uh, well, I, I, I certainly agree that there's a divide. The reason Arizona is so important is because it was Arizona that Fox News called on election night for Joe Biden when everybody, and I mean everybody in the Arizona establishment, thought Donald Trump had won. They were having, they were having caravans go through Arizona prior to November 8th, November 3rd, excuse me that were over a hundred miles long, just 
the enthusiasm for President Trump was off the charts so that when Fox News called it for Arizona, people were outraged. They thought something was wrong and they knew that they were going to have to get to the bottom of it. The thing about Arizona is you have working class Hispanics, you have white, black, brown. It, it is not about race. It's about America. It's a very popular, populist, pro-American state. And so you're seeing this big debate going on between that MAGA candidate, the America First candidate, and the more traditional insider Republican like Doug Ducey and all the corporate supporters that he has. And that divide, I think, is very, very real. The interesting part, it seems to me, is that it does come down to workers. That will the Republican Party stand up for workers or just corporate interests? Donald Trump showed how you could stand up for the American worker and defend corporations and American businesses. So far, these Republican establishment types, all they care about is whatever the corporations want and the workers be damned. And the time has come to change all that. And I think to the extent that, that this Tuesday you have a, a big divide, I think you're gonna see real enthusiasm for the MAGA candidates, whether it's Carrie Lake, Mark Fincham, or whoever, that these are the people that represent everyday Arizonans. I think they're also people who represent a new political establishment, and it's not about Republican, Democrat, or Independent. It really is. It's not a new party, but it's a new representation of a political movement that, frankly, you've been leading here for the last two years here in the war room. And that that's a very exciting thing, I think, for anybody who's watching American politics. You can feel it. it, it, it there's that much enthusiasm out there. Let's go to Missouri. Let's go to Missouri. They got another huge primary on, on Tuesday. This one's gotten really uh, quite personal on a statewide level, particularly in the Senate race. Kyle Labue is running for the House. Kyle, tell folks about this primary that's coming up. It's one of the most important primaries. Missouri is a hardcore Trump state. You got to come out of there with MAGA candidates. We know you're the MAGA candidate out there. Walk us through what's happening in the state right now as far as uh, the sense of, of the, what Biden's done to the economy, where people's heads are at, and where the MAGA movement is. So as we're out on the ground every day, uh, we are just knocking doors, talking to people, and they're all asking us the same question. What are you going to do for us right away? We're suffering from these gas prices. It's getting crazy. And, it, you know, it seems like we got a president that he doesn't only uh, not ride a bike well, he isn't a good president. You know, he goes over to foreign nations and begs them for 50, 50 cents off a, a gallon and acts like he's, he's really won. Uh, the American people need relief right away. And so what, what we need to do is we need to remove, remove the red tape and help these people right away. And uh, what I'm seeing from people is they just, they're tired of the same establishment as always. You know, I'm the only candidate in the race that is fully, uh, I, I paid for this campaign out of my own pocket. I'm fully funded. I don't have any PAC money or anything behind me. And we're doing it the old-fashioned way. We've knocked over 30,000 doors. And uh, people are recognizing that. They're like, you, you actually are out here and you're actually trying. You're, you're looking us in the eyes and talking to us and asking us what, what we want. And uh, you can see a difference in, in our campaign versus other people's campaign. 
And I think you're seeing that all over the country. The, the people that are true magna, they put in the work, you know. You know, we're we're talking about numbers, whether we win eight seats, 10 seats, 25 seats, 40, 50 seats. What do you get the sense of people in the district of they're tired of just talk? For instance, when you win, what types of action do they want to see the leadership in the House and what type of actions do you believe they want to see you as your as their representative take on? I'll tell you something that they love about me is I have a plan right away to introduce a bill called one thing at a time. And it's really simple. If we're talking about infrastructure, that's all we're talking about. We're not talking about infrastructure and a thousand things behind it, all the way down to transgender reassignment, all this crazy stuff that they tack on these bills. If you're talking about uh, helping uh, veterans or you know funding schools, whatever it be, it's one thing at a time. We're only talking about that because people want transparency. They don't want the, uh, the you know, these, these special interest projects just flowing through on the backs of, of what American people need. And so that's something that I would try to push right away, one thing at a time. If we're debating a bill, that's the only thing we're talking about. So the American people know that we're not trying to slip anything past their eyes. And I, and I can tell you, as I have I've put that out there, it is really popular. People say, we are ready for a transparency right now. We don't want, we don't want our eyes covered and told to be set in the corner, you know? For instance, there's a chips bill up that now the Republicans are fighting, but it's got some good stuff in it, about $50 billion to actually bring the chip facilities back from Taiwan and bring them here. But the Democrats and some Republicans have put another $200 billion of just corporate welfare on top of it. Uh, also, Manchin drops this uh, Green New Deal bill, which I don't know, is $400 billion in spending, and they say it's going to save all this money, but it looks like nonsense. So you're, you're talking about another seven or $800 billion of spending just here in the last couple of hours, the last 24 hours, and the House leaves tomorrow and doesn't come back till September. D- do your folks feel like they're dialed into that? Do they f- you feel like they in the district they understand of all this stuff that's going to Washington, the scale of the spending, a tree in here, a tree in there, you got the Federal Reserve? Do they feel like anybody reaches out to them to say, hey, here's exactly what's going on? Not only that, but they feel like they're not being heard. You know, we have career politicians that are bought up by corporations and foreign nations. We have to get ahead of this fast. People don't realize that, maybe, or maybe they do, the danger that we have of foreign nations buying up supply chains and also family farms. You know, we got legacy farms here in Missouri that uh, foreign nations are trying to buy up constantly. We've got to get in front of that, and I wouldn't be opposed to not letting them buy any of our, our, our food production in this country. We don't want to be relying on other, on other countries like we are right now for oil. We need to get back to America first. We need to drill in America. We need to produce food in America, and we need, we need to produce products in America. And go back to what Trump was talking about, we need fair trade. You know, Nobody would stay in business if every time you were in business with somebody, you got ripped off. And that's what's going on to the American people right now. Kyle, how do people, particularly in the run-up to this, this very intense fight out there in every level, every primary, and the statewide offices is brutal right now. Uh, how do people find out more about you, specifically where they can get you, if you're going to be at events, how they follow yep. you and, and get to meet you? KyleBrew.com. Um, we're going to be in Bolivar tonight. We're doing the old school. We're going to be in the park. Come on out, Bolivar, Missouri. Uh, we'll be there. Uh, there's an ice cream social. We'll be talking about these things and more. I want to hear your voice. I want to hear what you guys need 
and because we're going to take it to Washington. Uh, I'm your uh, America first. I'm a, not a career politician. I'm a small business owner and I'm a small town guy. And uh, I'm tired of, of us not being represented in the media. Kyle, uh, thank you very much. Just give, say hi at the, at the uh, ice cream social tonight. Tell them the boardroom's thinking about them, got their back, and love them. Oh, well, thank you, Steve, for everything you're doing. It's good to, get to see you back on here. Thank you, brother. So, Brian, let, let me come back to you before we get we got Barris with some some very important polling on 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 the economy. Uh, you, you hear something like that, and people in in D.C. would have all oh, scoff. We got to do fifty things at one time. But you're hearing the people say, hey, look, in particular, I think this I think what's happened in the last 24 hours is illustrative. <laughs> You've got a, a 250 or $300 billion chip spill that started with something that I know you and I supported, Navarro supported. We've got to get the chip plants from Taiwan back here. It's going to take, obviously, some capital, some underwriting. I think it's $50 billion that part of that, the bill's $200 billion, $300 billion. It's got everything in it. Okay, they've dumped It's a crystal tree. They've hung everything on it. Then Manchin understands this, the strongest signal out there, I'll talk to Barris about this when he's on, the strongest signal that shows that they know that they're going to lose the Senate is Manchin has a revelation last night, and they behind the closed doors, they've been negotiating this, they drop a, I don't know, $400 billion, $500 billion. so we got, you know, $750, $800 billion in spending, and he, they supposedly have some tax taxes, but who knows if that ever gets implemented. And it's so convoluted and so dense. I, I've been talking to people since last night, really smart people. They can't make out some of these bills. They don't know how they all function. Nobody's reviewing them. So when the people in Missouri say, hey, how about this? Kyle, you know, Kyle's a, a guy from a small town. You know, he's, he's a little bit like Mr. Smith goes to Washington. And he says, how about this? How about we just do, if we're going to do one, let's do one at a time. If it's going to be big, we come back and explain it to people. We have hearings. We come back to the community, maybe have a couple of town halls. Is that, can you govern like that in the modern world? Are the sophisticates in Davos and New York and the city of London and 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 uh, in Brussels and Washington, D.C. say, that's the rubes. The problem we got is that's how rubes think. Brian Kennedy. Yeah, isn't, isn't, that was very refreshing what Kyle had to say. He's a real guy. And Americans want real guys, um, not to bring everything back to Donald Trump, but Trump was a real guy. He tried to approach everything based on common sense, just plain old American common sense. That's what Kyle is talking about. Washington today and the media, you know, enables all this, tries to make everything sound way too complicated as if everyday people can't understand it, when in fact, you know, they can understand it. I swear, the the Democrats are really trying to take the country down in so many ways. You, you don't want to exaggerate and say this is a communist takeover, but they are certainly motivated by the very worst intentions. They think we can just keep on printing money this way and spending our way into some different position than we are today. I mean, the country is not doing better, and yet they propose more spending as if that's going to make a difference. The Republicans, though, are the, are the people who are disappointing me today. Where are they explaining what is going on? They're all, it's almost as if they think just by being quiet, the Biden administration is going to implode and they're going to win in the primaries and in November. And that's not enough. 
you've got to actually make a case to the American people and explain exactly what is going wrong with what the Biden administration is doing. And so the Biden administration itself seems delusional that they're making a difference. But the Republicans, unfortunately, also seem delusional to me that just sitting there on the sidelines waiting for the Biden administration to implode is going to be enough. They've got to start fighting. Guys like Kyle, they're fighting. Trump is fighting. You know, Blake Masters in Arizona is fighting. You need these kind of guys out there getting into office and really making a difference. You know, I think that's a very wise because everybody in the Republican side leadership that are saying, be quiet, don't say anything. Uh, it'll just uh, it'll just all go away. Before we go to break, we're going to bring Richard Barris, the great people's pundit, uh, a pollster, talk about the economy. But I also want to talk to him about next Tuesday is going to be brutal. It's a big day for MAGA. It's a big day for America first, big day for the Republican Party and this country. Um, let's go back to the chips bill for a second. You and I have supported strategically. We got a massive problem with the chips. We never should have let all the high-end chips go over to overseas. You know, Taiwan is Silicon Valley West. You got to defend it. It started as a $50 billion, which is still a lot, 30 to $50 billion for the chips part alone. It's huge. But it metastasized to $250 billion, and nobody talked about it. And now we're kind of presented with, oh, we don't support it. And you had these bills out of control. We got about a minute, Brian. How does that happen without the Republican Party every day talking about something as important as bringing chips back here to the United States? Well, look, our entire economy is based on these chips, unfortunately. And the idea that we've let that be concentrated in Taiwan, and we love Taiwan, they're an ally, but the idea that we've let Taiwan be the, the main manufacturer of these, so close to communist China, so vulnerable to communist China, just means that American policymakers are not doing their jobs. We should have been incentivizing businesses decades ago to build these industries here in America. And if not mandating it, really making it a very high priority of successive administrations to see this happen. President Trump started it, but didn't have any support because all the corporate types in the Republican Party were simply fine leaving these things offshore when, in fact, you have to bring these things back to this country. It's a, it's a really uh, dire predicament we're in right now between the chips Jam. and medicine. Uh, we, we've dropped the supply. The it's ball. unbelievable. Okay, hang on for a second, Brian. Brian Kennedy is my co-host for the hour. We're going to bring in the uh, Richard Barris, I think, if not the best pollster, one of the best pollsters out there. He's going to talk about his polling on the economy. We're also going to ask Richard about next Tuesday, kind of game day for MAGA. Short commercial break. Back in the battleground just a moment. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash war room 
to install the unplugged suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. Thursday, 28 July, year of our Lord, 2022. Brian Kennedy, formerly head of Claremont and now uh, chairman of the Committee on President Danger China, is my co-host. I want to bring in Richard Barris, the People's Pundit. Richard, I know you want to talk. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about in economics and your polling. But you've been out. You, you've polled there. You've been all in these battleground states. You've been doing the polling. The question I want to ask you, the New York Times had this fascinating article where they said, you're finally seeing it in high relief. They, it's been in other states, we've seen in high relief, that MAGA is a working class, populist, economic nationalist, and inclusive. It's multiracial, multiethnic. You've got a large Hispanic, working class, middle class, Hispanic component to it. And in Arizona, it's coming down to very entrenched uh, real estate, banking, uh, the old guard, the old establishment of the Republican Party out there, uh, kind of the McCain uh, factor now with Ducey versus this uprising uh, that's personified by people like Mark Pincham and and Eli Crane and Kerry Lake and, uh, and 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 galvanize a lot like like Brian said by what happened out there on three November when you were our pollster that night uh, and we saw we <laughs> you were sitting there going. Uh, I don't really see why they called Arizona so quickly. As you know, uh, there's a there's a memoir today says that uh, or coming out in a couple of weeks. It says Rupert Murdoch told the Trump campaign, "Oh, you lost by it's so the numbers are locked." And I think now we're down to eight thousand votes. We know they're illegal too. So Trump actually won Arizona. What's your sense as you go around the country, and particularly look for next Tuesday? Has MAGA transformed the Republican Party and particularly primary voters 
into a working class, uh, middle class, really political force that will really uh, deliver uh, come these primaries, sir? Yeah, th this is why uh, that New York Times article is really important. And when we released the CD Media Big Data Poll, Steve, I told people, look at a few things in those crosstabs. Look at age, look at race, and look at generation. The fact is, the Pence wing of the party, the Ducey wing of the party, they're hoping that nothing but older white voters who are third generation and more come out. Because if anybody uh, below the age of 64 comes out in any meaningful numbers, they're going to get crushed. Not just beaten crushed. Look at the numbers that we released. Carrie Lake leads with 18 to 29 year olds by 20 points. She leads 30 to 44 year olds by almost 20 points. It only gets close when it's 65 plus. And even that, uh, it, she's still up. It's just a matter of single digits as opposed to just a dominating win. Hispanic voters that are going to come out in the Republican primary, they're going to vote uh, for Lake and Masters by overwhelming margins. So that New York Times article, Steve, is lamenting uh, the future. That I've been trying to make this commentary for about a week now, which is, it's not really commentary, it's fact. One wing of this party appeals to the demographics that are the future, not only of Arizona, but of this nation. The other party is literally dying. Literally dying. So there, if you want to pray for low turnout every election, vote for uh, Robeson and, and Mike Pence's people. You know, I mean, that's that's the choice. Let me, uh, I, by the way, I want to thank L. Todd Wood and the team over at CD Media. That's now your sponsor for these polls. You do a lot of these massive big data polls. It's been incredible. They're yes. such a great news operation. But, here, but here's the question. And I'm going to get to Brian Kennedy saying, you, you were one of the first to ascertain that this is happening. This is why I kept saying Arizona is the railhead of this, because there you can see it in high relief. What is it about the Trump message? What is it about the MAGA message that's reaching working class Hispanics, reaching African-American males, reaching white, uh, white working class you know, workers, reaching suburban moms? What is it about this message that for all the time the Republican Party has tried to do this and failed miserably, that now here in 2022, yeah. right, that we're seeing this really start to take a real form. In some sense of the fact that the New York Times was not happy writing this article. You could tell they no. were saying, hey, yeah. this, thing is <laughs> this, thing, this thing is real. This thing is real yep. and it's coming for you. What is it about the message that attracts people to volunteer and attracts people to go vote in primary? You know, I think it's a few things, and I think we just heard Patrick say one of them, Donald Trump, even used the word common sense conservative, you know, put that up against what Bush said, which was compassionate conservatism, and then and ended up not being very compassionate at all. Uh, it led to a financial crisis, or at least they did nothing, which hurt Hispanic people badly, disproportionately, Steve, in places like Nevada and Arizona and South uh, Texas, South Florida. No, so they they needed uh you know they needed some controlling to bring back around and Donald Trump he had something and, and the movement itself you know new leaders like Kerry Lake and Blake Masters they believe that they're going to fight it really is that simple the working class in this country feel abandoned they feel like they have no voice and they feel like you know voting is really a waste of time nothing will change what America First does for them is make them think that their vote is worth it again and gives them a voice again. It really is that simple. I'm looking at Carrie Lake, that is a tough woman, she's gonna fight for me. I'm looking at Donald Trump, 
He's not going to back down. That guy's going to fight for me. Blake Masters, he's going to fight for me. That's what it is. They've always been there. The Republican Party, like a Mitt Romney, a technocrat, a plutocrat, whatever you want to call them, a Kevin McCarthy. Look at these people. They're jokes. They're jokes. Nobody in real America will think that somebody like them is going to fight for them. It really is that simple. Nobody, Steve, you're a student of history. Nobody wants to follow people who don't have the courage of their own convictions. Nobody follows cowards. Nobody. It's that simple. It's not politics. It's history. It's human nature. Let me bring in Brian Kennedy. Brian, you've been out there. You've seen this. You've seen the rise of this movement. Is uh, is brother uh, Richard Barris correct in your opinion? Absolutely. Uh, First of all, Richard is, I think he said that perfectly. That was a perfect expression of what the electorate is thinking right now. But remember, this this is not sort of a new problem for Republicans. I, I recall Abraham Lincoln's speech to the Wisconsin State Fair when he was asked, and this is, of course, you know, 160 years ago. He was asked what, it, you know, they were pushing him on, like, whose side we were should we Republicans be on? Should we be on the side of labor or capital and business? as if there, you know, you had to be both, or excuse me, one or the other. And you, you would think, the modern Republican would think, well, we ought to be on the side of, of labor or capital. And that's how establishment Republicans think today. But what did Lincoln say? He goes, we should have, we should have a very strong disposition toward, toward labor, the working man. This is Lincoln talking about this in the 1850s, the working man. Because if the working man, if we have laws that protect the working man's ability to make money, he can work hard, he can make money, he can save money, and he can start his own business. If we just are on the side of, of capital and business, then the working man never has a place to go. Well, again, not again, not to keep pushing everything back to President Trump, but that was President Trump's bias. Let's see what we can do for the working man. Capital can take care of itself and always does. The working man, what do we do to take care of him to make sure that he has a leg up, that we're watching out for his interests? And to the extent that Republicans today are talking about those issues, what's good for the working man, they're going to win. And if they don't don't follow that, they simply focus on what's good for corporate America, I think they're not going to do as well. They may still win seats overall, but they're not going to do as well. And people will get disenchanted. Richard Barris, you've done tremendous uh, uh, analysis and polling about the economy today. You and I have been following this. about. I think what's upset people today, as I've gotten uh, feedback, is this whole debate of whether how many angels are dancing on the head of the pin. Is the recession, not a recession? Biden regime is in full spin mode. Walk me through what, 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 what you know from, the, from your polling and where the American people are about the economy and other aspects like that versus just spin about nomenclature, sir. Yeah, this is why uh, the spin won't work, because uh, the fact is the Registered Voter Economic Confidence Index, when it first came out, came on the show when I spoke to you about it. And I told you this index was designed to do a few things. One, be a little bit more predictive than consumer indexes when it came to elections, the impact on elections, but also two to predict uh, recessionary periods, growth periods. The American people knew we were in a recession before lagging indicators uh, came out and confirmed it. 
which is what the BA uh, puts out. Uh, you know, we're looking backward now. What was growth in the last three months? Uh, but the truth is the American people knew. And this is what happens when this index converges. What it is telling you is that people had a negative opinion of current economic conditions, current business conditions, the labor market and general economics overall. But over that six month outlook for many months, they felt maybe the economy will get better. What happened in May, uh, which was so important, was that those the present situation and the current uh, conditions index converged, which told us uh, in and in prior periods, it, it signals a recession because what it means is that people are in a malaise and they no longer feel that the economy will improve over the next six months. So that's why at that time we were, you know, uh, waving the red flag, you know, recession, recession. And, and the data was always there to begin with. Um, you know, I think people gave the Biden administration a little bit of time, Steve, but that final indicator, which is the inflation indicator about uh, personal income, total family income, is it going to be enough in co to cover your expenses? How do you feel about it? Once that went as negative as the rest of them, that was it. It pulled the uh, it pulled the that outlook, that six months out outlook. It pulled it on on par with the current conditions, and that was it. I mean, we we tried telling people at the time. So good news, at least uh, for for followers of the public polling project. At least we did our job and the index worked. But unfortunately, this is one of the times where you wish you were wrong. No, it's it's the reason that your guys, uh, your analysis is so good. Um, we're 100, starting on Sunday, we're 100 days out. And I'm not asking you to forecast, but over the last 24 hours in this city, because of the chips bill, but particularly because of Manson's change of mind on the, on the, on the uh, Green New Deal bill, the, the hammer down, and they've put the name to show you how, how corrupt they are. The name of the bill is the Inflation Fighting Bill or the Inflation Control Act. Is, in your opinion, given your sense of the understanding of how the lived experience of American citizens today in the economy, uh, how they're thinking about the economy, and coupled with your political polling, do you believe there's anything the Democrats can do? Is there any bill or anything? Because this Inflation Control Act will take years to implement. But is there anything they can do on messaging or whatever, as you see it right now, to turn around the ship and avoid coming up on the rocks and actually getting blown out in November, as you see it 100 days out? I think the only ones who can screw this up are Republicans themselves. I do think there's something going on right now, Steve, where the leadership does not want an influx of MAGA freshmen um, in the House and the Senate, because then, God forbid, they'll have to explain uh, to the voters why they can't get anything done or they can't block Democrats. But the bottom line is, you know, this is the summer and there is always a severe non-response bias problem among Republicans in the summer. That's why that Labor Day uh, is really, you know, typical, give or take a week or two, is always the, you know, the point when people really start to look at the polls. In the summer, Democrats will edge a little bit of an advantage because Republicans participate less. And that that tends to influence most of the methodologies that most pollsters use in media and in university. All of the uh, all of the predictive indicators are bad. And with Joe Manchin doing what he did, that should tell everybody that Joe Manchin expects this will be the last year he will see in the Senate majority for a long time. Plus, Joe Manchin, uh, the word is he he's done, Steve. This is the last term. So he 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 knows it's up. He knows the jig is up. That's why he did it. He, 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 won't, he wanted to pay up real quickly. 
I want to go back to it. You're, you're, you believe, and, and you're a numbers guy, but you believe now this talk that I'm hearing a lot that the leadership in the Republican Party wants to take a powder. They don't want 50 seats, 60 seats, 70 seats. They don't, they'd rather have it a tight so they can control it, a tighter, uh, a majority to obviously take control, but to be tighter because what last thing they want is a bunch of Donald Trump endorsed folk showing up there and raising holy hell. Are, are you a believer in that? Absolutely. Kevin McCarthy does not want to end up like John Boehner. And remember what happened to Kevin last time. There was a wave and influx of people that they didn't know, didn't get a chance to vet. He didn't get the, the gavel. He couldn't make it. He didn't have the votes. Paul Ryan had to be the compromise candidate. There is no compromise candidate anymore. So right now you have Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell basically counting votes, not counting seats. I, I mean, I hate to be the breaker of bad news to everybody. Now, there's only so much they can do to control that, Steve. Um, but they want a manageable establishment majority. That is why uh, next Tuesday, is, it's not just Arizona. It's Michigan. It's Missouri. It's very important. The last of these primaries will we'll, we'll do a lot to define who the Republican Party is going into not just 2022, but the presidential election in 24. And, and, and Washington with Culp and, uh, and Joe Kent. I mean, it's a, next Tuesday. Right. I cannot right. overemphasize how, how big, how big that. Uh, you're doing amazing work. I want to thank your wife because I know she does the work. You're just a good looking guy they put on the camera. Uh, the the <laughs> actor she that she does. Me. <laughs> she, <laughs> she's excited. Uh, how, do how do people, by the way, and thank you, L. Todd Wood and the team at CD Media that's helping sponsor this now. Uh, how do people get to you both on your social media and how they get to the site? Yeah, and Getter in Truth at People's Pundit, and uh, they can follow me on Locals with everything we're doing, which is peoplespundit.locals.com. And Arizona, if you want to check that polling out, I reference cdm.press, and you, you'll see it all over the front page. We just put out uh, ballot initiatives, too, which ones look like they're going to pass in Arizona, which ones look like they're going to fail in November. So that's also really interesting. But yeah, definitely go check out the CD Media Big Data Poll, Steve. Uh, Richard, thank you very much. Appreciate it. All the best. Brian Kennedy. Uh, thank you, brother. Brian, uh, first off, Frank, I got to talk about China for a second, but I got to ask you, are you, do you buy into rich? I'm hearing this from a lot of smart people. Barris being the latest, latest, but I'm hearing this from a lot. Are you buying into that theory that they're not fighting for a bigger majority because they, they want people they can control? Well, look, Steve, there's been a political revolution in this country that Trump started with the America First movement. I guarantee you, establishment Republicans like Kevin McCarthy do want do not want a Trump-like majority. They don't like those kind of folks. They want the corporatist types who are happy to go along and be controlled opposition. They don't want to. They don't want fighters of the kind Richard's talking about. And so you you will see, I think, on Tuesday, a war for the soul of the Republican Party. I have a slight confession to make too. I was in Aspen last week and I sat through part of the Republican Governors Association. So I was I was literally, you know, 10 feet from Brian Kemp at one point. And to hear him and Doug Ducey and the rest of these Republicans, the last thing they want is Donald Trump or anybody like him back in office. As I say, I think they're delusional, but they still are there. They still are powerful. They still control a lot of money. They're funding today opponents to the Joe Kents and to the Blake Masters and anybody who wants to stand for an America first agenda. It really is disgusting 
at some level, because if you follow the track that they're on, we're going to be slaves someday to communist China. We've got to get America back on track to the to the kind of programs that President Trump was talking about. And I would say President Trump would be well served to, to basically quit praising Kevin McCarthy and his leadership because that leadership is not supporting the Trump agenda. I'm going to try to get you back on tomorrow or Saturday to talk about this. The Chinese situation about the bailout, the $148 billion is, is too big an issue to, to jam in here. I want to go back to the Republican governors. Were they in shock when Hogan's uh, proxy lost on Tuesday night? Because Hogan's been very bitter. There hasn't been any coming together in, in Maryland. My understanding is that they were all rooting for Hogan uh, because next stop is going to be New Hampshire and Hogan was going to get this kind of never Trump. W were they in a state of shock? When, when Hogan's proxy lost to Trump's proxy in, in Maryland, sir? Uh, it, it, it certainly seemed that way to me. Um, the, I, I really do think they just don't understand the American people. They think that Trump was a phenomenon that, that was simply going to go away and we were just going to get back to, you know, the Jeb Bushes and the Doug Ducey's of the world running for office. But when you see this persistent move toward America first type candidates, these Republican, the establishment Republican types simply don't get it. They, they don't want to acknowledge that this is a real thing that, I mean, they're doing, but having said that, they're doing the, their best to make sure these folks lose. And every time these folks win, I think they're recalibrating how they think about our politics which is all the more reason we have to double down on Tuesday with all these folks who do want to represent America first and actually take the fight to Washington. Brian, how do people get to you on social media? How do they get to the Committee on the Present Danger, all the great work you and Frank Gaffney do every day over there? Uh, thank you, Steve. I'm Brian T. Kennedy on Getter and on Truth Social. Uh, mostly I'm on Getter. Um, and then presentdangerchina.org is our website. Uh, we have a very interesting new poll by John McLaughlin asking people about China and COVID-19, the CCP virus, that I think your listeners would be interested in. And, uh, and also a list of new webinars we're having. We're having one uh, today, in fact, you'll have, we'll have the video up in a day or so about Russia and China and the strategic threat that they pose to the United States. But a lot of good stuff on present Perfect. danger China. Org. Perfect. You're one of the you're one of the smartest guys in the country. That's why the chairman over the committee on the present danger of China. Brian, thank you so much for taking an hour of your very busy schedule and co-hosting here or in Battleground. Tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock, we're going to start it all over again. We want you to be there. Be strapped in when you'll be in the war room. <laughs>